You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey all, welcome to Cards to the Moon. Thanks for joining us for episode 77. My name is Clark from Five Card Guys on Instagram. And co-hosting with me, as always, is Hyung of Integrity Sports Cards and John, who is Trade You at Recess. Okay, so off the top, a couple of big business news in the hobby. And I just want to get your thoughts on, first, eBay set to acquire TCG player for a reported $295 million. Now, yeah, it's a lot of money. For those who aren't familiar with TCG player, it's one of the largest trading card marketplaces, particularly for trading card games like Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic the Gathering. And apparently, uh, from what I've read, they will still be operating independently of eBay while under their umbrella. So, so yeah, any thoughts on this acquisition and just more generally, even what, you know, what do you think it could mean for the hobby? I'm not too big of a, I guess, a Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, <laughs> right. magic kind of guy, but I don't know, 295 million seems like a lot of, a lot of money. And <laughs> I don't know the context of kind of like the platform or what they do. So I can't really chime in in that sense but i will say it's a good sign in general you Mm -hmm. know um i mean for for the big players to make moves like this like like we said you know we we talk about a recession and stuff like that but um you know the people that see opportunity during this time are Mm -hmm. those guys and you see these slow moves that are that are happening so i don't know like the details but I think overall it's a it's a good sign that still there's a lot of these big transactions going on in the hobby even though it's uh eBay again once again you sure. know uh spending money on things that they should you know direct elsewhere I guess but <laughs> you know right. we'll we'll leave it at that but yeah I I think it's a it's a, it's somewhat of a a decent sign to see that there's still moves being made in the hobby and the the big the the big players involved still see you know uh that future potential of 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 this market yeah for sure yeah it would have been good if we had like a trading card expert maybe like our boy roy um speak to this because uh, i don't know what the reaction would be for that community whether this is a good thing that um the tcg selling platform is going to be more you know bolstered and you know, it's saying things like eBay Vault and the authenticity guarantee, but at the same time, right. perhaps they're upset because I don't know. Maybe selling fees are similar to eBay. Maybe they they're gonna go up or whatever, right? So I'm not. Uh, it would have been good to have somebody like. I think I'm I, I'm with Young without knowing uh, the platform at all. Probably, you know, in the big picture of things, it's always good to see money transaction and big movement within some of the the big uh, players within the game so probably a good thing but it would probably be a bit better to get somebody from that community to speak to this whether it's uh fair it's being yeah. accepted warmly i'm sure from a hobby perspective everybody's like 
darn it. You know, like it's it's always the big the big corporations coming right. in. So it's probably a bad thing from a hobby lens, but mm. you know. <laughs> but you know, like that's the reality, right? And um, yeah, I I I don't know anything too much about it either. The real reason I kind of wanted to bring it up off the top for our podcast is what you were mentioning, Young. Like I think it's just generally good news to see right. all this money still being invested in the hobby, even as we talk about the bear market or the recession. And obviously these bigger players are taking advantage or, you know, finding these opportunities to grow and to build their, uh, their business, or they see the value in the trading card industry. Um, and, and yeah, so for me personally, um, it makes me more bullish about the hobby in general with all this money still pouring into the hobby. And, uh, you know, there was another piece of news, that Alt, which is another sports card trading platform, is in the process of raising $40 million. So not chump change either, right? So yeah, right. Uh, generally more bullish on sports cards, continuing you know, to be an attractive alternative asset to invest in. And I think uh, a, a company like Alt, you know, they're onto something. Like beginning of the year, I said, you know, uh, these... I guess uh, uh, different ways to invest in sports cards are right. becoming more realistic in in terms of what we as end users, as consumers, have is which is you know our mm. cell phones, um, you know, r- readily accessible to us, ready to make you know uh, investments or even uh, their whole thing on liquidity, right? Being able to sell your assets, uh, alternative assets, right? So I like their whole concept and. I'm excited to see what they can do with $40 million because usually companies like that, they raise funds to, you know, they're, they're making some big moves themselves. And mm. like I said, that, that whole fractional share, you know, in alter, alternative investment world, uh, merging that with like digital, uh, the digital world and the newer technologies that are, that, that are coming to play. You know, who, knew, who knows where this is going to go? So like I said, it's, it's just going to open up doors. Um, and from a hobby perspective, it probably won't matter or it's 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 all like uh, this is just fluff because it really doesn't um, affect the, I guess, the the daily collector in the sense that, you know, it's really not going to change their right. reality, maybe in the long term. But mm. yeah, overall, I think it, it's the same as the uh, TCG player uh, transaction. I think um, anytime, you know, you're raising capital for, you know, um, more opportunity in the market i think it's a it's a very bullish sign from a you know business standpoint yeah yeah couldn't agree more and just generally it's expanding the business and you know you hope that more people will come into the hobby as a result of all this investment right so right all right good stuff uh yeah with that let's just move on to our next regular segment we call hobby headlines so we talked a bit about eBay off the top of the show. And, you know, if we weren't clear about it before, eBay is probably still the most dominant trading card platform for selling and buying sports cards. But there are alternatives like Alt and a bunch more. So I thought we could, for this episode, dive into a few of these alternative platforms and even just other ways to buy and sell cards beyond using eBay for those who might be newer to the hobby. And more importantly, if we can share any personal experiences we've had buying and selling cards outside of eBay, I think that might be useful for some of our listeners. All right. So 
I can start first because I actually just bought my first card on golden auctions. So the alternative to buying off eBay is looking through auction houses, online auction houses like Golden, like PWCC. And, uh, you know, I thought it was a pretty smooth experience once you register onto their platform. I already told you guys over the weekend what I ended up buying. I, I doubled down on Fernando Tatis Jr. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I got his uh, 2016 Bowman Chrome Prospect Autograph base card. And uh, I was uh, graded BGS 9.5 True Gem with a 10 auto and the final bill was $901 US. Wow, what a so, steal. It was 1100 uh last week, right? What we were saying? It was like 1170, yeah, like <laughs> 1200, right? Nice so, pickup. I think it's a great pickup. I've never seen that card that cheap to be honest. Like maybe back in the mm-hmm. pre pre 2019, 2018 prices. Yeah. 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 There was part of me when I bid that 901 like at the very last second, I'm like, okay, there's this extended bidding period. If you're not right. familiar with auction houses, um, you bid and then they add another 30 minutes to the final timer. So anyone that previously bid it could have one last chance to up their up their bid, right? right. And part of me is like, okay, 901, that's, that's you know, someone's going to try to go 951 or something in the extended period. But, you know, it, I ended up winning the auction. Wow. So I was, I was pretty, pretty happy about that. Um, but there are a few things to note with golden auctions and uh, auction houses in general. So uh, one thing is that you do have to pay a 20% buyer's premium. The buyer's premium could be adjusted, but on average, it's about 20%. So for me, on top of the 900 bucks, that's another 180. So for most people that are bidding on auction houses, you usually factor that in to your final bid, right? So, you know, like my, I don't want to pay like over 1200 for it. So I'll, I won't bid over a certain amount plus 20% to get to that amount, right? So with the um, 20% buyer's premium that, ended up being about 1080 and then and then another thing I, this is I kind of wanted to do this so it was kind of my own research um, like what how much would shipping and insurance be to get uh, it d- delivered to your to your house and it ends up about being about 75 80 dollars right okay. so you got you got to factor that in as well Qu- question Clark yeah um, did you being a Canadian mm-hmm. did you ship it to Toronto or yeah. did you ship it to the U.S. and uh, like a postal or right, like a post like a office PO or box kind PO of box, thing. yeah, yeah. Well, they don't ship to PO boxes, but like they have like um, the companies like Reship, which isn't technically right. a PO box; it's just a U.S. mailing address, right. and that's I'm sure what you're referring to. Which right, we right. do, which we do for our eBay purchases because this right. is cheaper to uh, to be sent to a U.S. address and then we ship it in bulk to um, to Canada. But yeah, that's a good question. I actually looked at both to see what the shipping cost would be to a U.S. address uh, versus a Canadian address. So the Canadian address is what I just quoted you about eighty bucks. Okay. And the U.S. it ends up being about like still about like um, the same actually. Really. For some reason, yeah, with shipping insurance, so it didn't really make a difference. The only thing that would have made it cheaper is if you send it directly to their vault service. The right, golden, right, right. Um, they also have their own vault service, and that's about like the. Um, I th- I feel like it's free to do that for 2022. They might charge next year. They want to. I think they just introduced that service this year, so they're just really getting it off the ground. 
So um, and that and it's just a on their um, screen. It's just a matter of checking on or off whether you want to send it to their vault or not. So it's really oh, easy see. to do. Yeah, you don't have to do much. Um, but you know, like I kind of wanted the card in my possession, so I ended up, you know, just having it shipped to um, my house here in Canada. So all in, it was just under twelve hundred dollars. Wow, no US. duties or anything. I don't believe so. Yeah, I think that's factored in. Oh, crossing, it, crossing fingers, right? In our next episode, I'll let you know. If <laughs> <laughs> it gets shipped to me uh, tomorrow. They expedite it, so it's coming oh nice, tomorrow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll be <laughs> so uh, yeah. I'll follow up with you guys on that. Um, but yeah, just kind of uh, thought you know I wanted to bring this up too because like I think there are a bunch of opportunities at these golden like at not just golden but PWCC. If you look on Card Ladder, like some of these last sold prices aren't on eBay. They're on these right. like weekly auctions right. or monthly auctions on these um, different auction houses or like on their platforms. And I think it's so early that people still just think eBay is the only place to get your cards. But if you're willing to try out these auction houses, there are definitely deals to be had. Mm. So yeah. I think uh, a lot more people are submitting to the Goldens and PWCC before like even myself, I thought I would never like use those auction houses as a as a seller, hmm. but I think they made it more, um, I guess, common for people to just submit whatever card, right? So before, when you're thinking golden, you're thinking, oh, it's only going to be a high end card that you know you're going to bid, so you're not even going to really be a part of it right so right. now there's a lot more cards because a lot more people are selling and they're looking for ways to sell but i will say this from a seller's perspective you know i feel the growth of that like of golden auctions like like just getting rammed with a bunch of cards because their service as a seller was absolutely horrendous for me mm. like it was a nightmare and I told myself I'm never I'm never gonna like list with Golden again. But I will say this: I I had a, a an issue that I won't go into detail. But Ken Golden did respond immediately and get try to rectify the situation, even though he's not even a part of the operations. I I was so stuck that I had to like just DM him, and he actually responded, which was you know hats off to him. And you oh, know okay. it, at the end of the day, it it, it got resolved, but. Like it was a lot of money that, you know, was being held by Golden that I, I thought that was excessive. But hmm. um, yeah, I think there's like, like you said, um, there's so many uh, like deals out there because there's so many cards now that our people are listing. Um, and it's not as, I guess, uh, rare to see cards now at Golden. So I, I don't think a lot of people are on Golden Auction, to be honest, like just, you know, browsing on a daily basis as opposed to like an eBay, right? So True. before it was like kind of like, okay, we're doing this auction where it's like um, our elite auction and they're they're hyping up the auction. It's just like, bam, it's, it's open. And then, you know, everybody knows about these auctions. But when you're just doing it daily, people kind of forget about it. And, you know, people go to eBay first. I still go to eBay first. I never yeah. go to PWCC or Golden. For sure. Right? Right. So, yeah. and, and, and those are the little things like for me, I know, like, as a Canadian, I'm shipping everything to Portland, Oregon, you know, tax free, right? Mm. So it's like, I, if I can't do that with golden, you know, then I, I might not want, want to, uh, you know, particularly ship, but on the flip side, do you want to ship, you know, a high end card to, 
you know, a PO box, right? So right, true. Yep, all things to consider. Thoughts, Johnny? Wow, um, I'm certainly not as experienced as you guys with because uh, I've never sold anything on Golden or PWCC. I mean, I, I attempted at um, bidding on PWCC. It was interesting doing the you know the extended auctions and stuff like that. It was actually kind of uh, a little bit nerve wracking and fun. <laughs> But I, I'm with you. I, I'm with you guys. I think I've noticed. Uh, I th- clearly most people that have been used to purchasing in the last 24 months probably go to eBay the most. That's their default. You're used to the eBay format. You're used to um, saved search settings and all of that stuff. And when you go right. to PWC, so you go to Golden, and it's a little bit different. And there's no save searches, or maybe there is. I just, you know, maybe it's something I didn't notice yet. Um, it felt, it feels a little bit more, a little bit more cumbersome to like search for things or find things on the regular. Um, so I think because of that, and you know, I would assume most eyes are on eBay and not these auction houses. So um, that could be a little bit tidbit for people, like Clark, you're saying that you could, there are deals to be had at PWCC and Golden because, I mean, let's face it, there's probably less eyes on it than there is on eBay. Um, mm-hmm. And some certain cards may fall, kind of fall through the cracks, right? So, for sure, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you guys. Like, I've certainly seen some pretty good deals. I I was tempted to get a couple of cards. Like, if I really wanted, I could have had it. Uh, I just kind of chickened out at the last minute. But, the, you, know, um, you know, a couple of cards went for it. 30% of the last sale that was on eBay, right? Mm. So, um, yeah. yeah, chickened out, but it's clear that there's some deals to be had. Yep. Uh, last thing I'll say about this is like, you know, when we first got into cards, like with PWCC and Golden even, like launching their auction houses, it was brand new. So there's going to be growing pains. Like it was very clunky. I agree with right. you at the very beginning. <laughs> like, you know, you would press something and yeah, it just like would stall or you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it'd just That's be a right. bad user experience. Right. So, but, um, but yeah, I think uh, for some of them, they've uh, definitely fixed the basic issues. Mm. So it might be worth trying it again to see if uh, you like the experience better. All right. Uh, that was one alternative. Another one is um, I thought of this because fanatics is obviously going to be a huge player in the space. And there are rumors that, you know, they're cutting out the middleman in a lot of um, their distribution and and you know like I could see buyers going directly to fanatics whether it's on their website and you know even a, a like a smaller scale version of that is Hyung you have your own website where you right. list your own cards like what is that like you know can you talk about the pros and cons of doing it that way there's definitely more cons than pros to be okay. honest sure. but it's yeah. a, for me it was a it was a way of liquidating cards especially the lower end stuff mm. you know um which i still think there's a lot of opportunity because a lot of people don't want the junk slabs but then a lot of people do want the junk slabs at at a very cheap price right so uh people are able to you know scoop up you know multiple slabs you know and you know purchase it online on on directly on my website um and it makes it easier because you don't like I don't want to go actively selling these slabs, you right. know. So I think with with technology and stuff, if if you're if you're decent at marketing, you're able to, you know, you know, funnel people in and 
essentially you know uh, create uh, kind of like at least some traffic that you're 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 trying to sell but obviously you're gonna you're gonna need a lot of slabs you know um, and a, a company like fanatics it makes total sense when you have your whole business operations running around pre- pretty much uh, being able to connect everything and cross sell uh, within their 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 own kind of like sales strategy so um, I don't recommend it to be honest uh, but there are some pros in, in terms of that we, we we get to sell lower and slabs that I don't want to really sell or you know um, even the higher end stuff you list it uh, where you know it's the same thing as eBay you're just getting more eyes on it and you're constantly using it as a as a platform to track inventory as well so like I, 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 I do it for both reasons but I don't uh, really recommend it but I could see somebody like fanatics kind of kind of doing that just based on kind of like their their setup yeah yeah I think when you're as big as fanatics, like you already have taken into account security and things like that, right? Like, right. like you know, where you, you know, that's where one of the major benefits is from selling your stuff on eBay because there's certain right. protections there. But uh, with fanatics, you know, what I like about it is that if they do kind of, if they're more like direct to consumer in their um, sales strategy, um, you know, for, for buyers, it's always a good thing for increased competition, right? Like who knows sure. what they'll do to like eBay? What, what, what are they going to do to be more competitive? You hope that right. they'll um, either lower their prices or um, provide better service, one or the other, preferably both. But yeah, that's just, uh, we'll see how things play out. But I thought that might be an interesting alternative way to buy cards in the future. Yeah, for sure. Right. All right, number three on my list was social media platforms. I know you guys, Hyung John, have more experience than me. Like I, I still am a little bit hesitant to tell you the truth. You know, maybe I'm a bit more shy than you guys in reaching out to like fellow Facebook or Instagram collectors and um, just working out deals that way. Can you talk about that experience? You know, like um, how do you go about that? Go for it, John. Um, you know what? I, I reached out to a lot of um, IG contacts about certain cards and we went back and forth and ultimately no deals were had. But I think um, Instagram is not a not a too bad of a place because depending on their profile, uh, especially if they're a, like a bigger account and you see some activity happening, it's just something right. you can trust, right? Like I don't think somebody would want to risk destroying their Instagram account with 10,000 followers or 20,000 followers for to rip somebody off for 200 bucks. Like, you know, you just, you just yeah. sort of have that security and knowing, okay, this guy seems pretty legit. Uh, Facebook groups. I know um, those guys at sports card nonsense are all big into Facebook groups. And I know Hyung dabbled in Facebook. I personally, uh, I've kind of chickened out on Facebook groups. I mean, there's some deals to be had and I, I have messaged some people here and there. Um, but yeah, I, I don't like, for me, there's just something about, like, I've done deals on Kijiji, which is some people would argue is even worse. <laughs> that's the worst. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, that's the worst. <laughs> but there's, for me, there's something about there's I don't know. I like to meet the person, per- meet the person instead of like trusting sure. that they're going to mail it. I don't really know the guy. Is he going to mail it properly? If you end up doing a trade, you know, there's no real guarantee of money going back and forth or paypal guarantee it's literally you're just hoping the guy sends a card and you send the card back right 
Um, so there is a sense, there's pros and cons to both. I think Facebook groups are probably a little bit more in terms of um, uh, you, you have like a reputation and like people know you, you can get vouchers and then you can secure deals. Whereas KGG, you're literally dealing with, dealing with strangers. Maybe you'll get jumped or whatever. But I mean, I <laughs> I did a I did an eight thousand dollar deal on KGG, right? And we that's crazy. We made sure to meet up right in front of a police station. I had like, you know, luckily I have you know we have shout out to Andrews, like a, a cop friend uh, that came with me uh, for a little bit of security. But I mean, there's yeah. there's ways you can make it pretty secure for yourself. Right? Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree, uh, you know, the social media platforms are, are key in my opinion, like Facebook and Instagram act as two totally different platforms in my opinion. Hmm. Um, you know, Facebook, obviously you have a, a personal profile more so than a card profile. Hmm. Um, things to be wary of, obviously, you know, it's it, there's, there's an ongoing joke in the forums where it's like, you know, if, if the guy has two first names, you know, you got to watch out, right? Like stuff like that, you know, or like if the, if the guy doesn't have like a legit profile pic, you know, you got to do your due diligence and make sure, you know, um, the people are real. Uh, but also as you participate in these groups, um, you start knowing a lot of people. You start making uh, new new friends, um, people that can vouch for you and mm. stuff like that. So I think from a social media standpoint, Facebook, it's it's almost like a must. It's it's almost like these are just little things that you should all be kind of like pitching into because they all act as uh, like different um, different things, right? So uh, social media, like Instagram, for instance, you know, it's a way to you know show off your slabs and be able to you know funnel people into that. If somebody's interested in in trading, you have all your cards that are available, and then you build an audience. You you continually talk to uh, a similar like-minded, you know, hobbyist that, you know, you end up making friends with or whatever, right? So mm. uh, that social media platform, I think it's so important. It plays a, such a different role than like eBay, for instance, and, you know, golden auction, right? So it's more of a community base that, you know, sometimes you get deals and sometimes you get guys that are, you know, obviously above comps like usual, you know, right. um, uh, and and stuff like that. So with everything, you just need to do your due diligence and make sure you know you don't, you know, if you're playing, you know, make sure you pay goods and services. If 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 you're using PayPal, if mm. if you if you trust the person, you know, I'm I, I've done many deals with friends and family. I know people say you know you never do deals with friends and family. Like for me, it's like honestly, if I know the guy, I'm it, it's it's fine. I've I've never really been burnt, but obviously, knock on wood. And like I said, as long as you do your due diligence, I think you'll you'll protect yourself on the social media platforms. But yeah, I think it's uh, they're they're both kind of needed. And I know a lot of people that do deals on Twitter. I'm not a Twitter mm, person just in general, but Twitter makes a lot of sense too, right? So I know a lot of people do uh, deals on Twitter and even Reddit and stuff like that. But that's wow. uh, yeah, that's going a little offside of my uh, in my books. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, two things. Well, the one good thing is like once you establish a relationship online through social media, then you know it's easier to do multiple deals with the guy, right? Like for sure, absolutely. The, you know that's a good way to find good cards for good prices. I think, in my opinion, and uh, yeah, it's funny how you said um, guys with two first names. I, I guess I have two first names, so I, Clark, I'm, I'm Kim, out, eh? Kim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, 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 I'm done. Like, I can't, if, if you're, I can't if, make you're deals. Like, if you're like 
Clark. Yeah, yeah. I guess Kim. Uh, it says that's a Korean last name, so that will pass. Yeah, I don't know if that know? counts. Because then I got yeah, two right, first names right. too. <laughs> like Johnny John. If it was Johnny John. Oh, like, okay, that's what you I, mean. Scammer all over him. Yeah. yeah like. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> no, th- those are good points for sure. Um, but yeah, I like the advice of doing your due diligence, especially on social media platforms. That's uh, that's always good advice. How about, um, have you guys used ComC or MySlabs before? I personally haven't. Um, I was never a ComC fan, to be honest. Uh, I, I just didn't like their platform. I do really like MySlabs. I okay. think, I, I, I remember uh, um, when Matt started that, and um, I think uh, it was a couple years ago where... Um, it made so much sense. It was like, why isn't there a platform like this? But the only problem is, is it's not available in Canada. So it would never really mm. became popular where I'm telling my friends, Hey, check out this, you know, uh, a website. Cause it's, it's really out of play for, for all of us. Right. So, but I do know a lot of people, um, use my slabs because obviously the, the low, the low fees, mm. I believe it's like 1%, but you yep. still have to pay the PayPal fees and stuff like that. Mm, okay. uh, but overall, I think that's a great alternative. I know there's a lot, a lot of deals that that go, and you know, more higher end deals that I've seen in the past couple of years off off my slabs. Um, mm. ComC, I would say, is more of a hobbyist platform where a lot of lower end cards are sold. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a big advocate actually of blowout forums. Like I say always on, okay. on on this pod like that's the black market man you go you go out and blow out <laughs> nobody knows about it you got you got the pure hobby some some of the pure hobbyists there that you got a lot of guys that actually on facebook too from from that but overall you got like kind of like the pure hobbyists that are there for the right reasons and hmm. sometimes you just find great deals like i said you know uh the machado lot that i picked up i thought it was very very reasonable i couldn't even find that you know, even on eBay, a lot like that, right? Not so you true. see a lot of things that come up on blowout that is cheaper than um, kind of like the alternatives, what you see on, you know, right. the social media platforms as well as eBay. So I, I really like the market. It's it's called the marketplace. Uh, there's a marketplace uh, a tab on the, it's the whole forums on blowout. Yeah. And basically you could search by kind of sports, whatever sport you want. But overall, I think uh, there's enough listings every day that you you literally check every day, mm-hmm. and you know it will take you maybe you know probably ten minutes to scroll down of today's listings, and kind of snipe whatever you think is a good deal from there, right? Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. kind of like my my strategy that I used a lot, and I I bought a crap ton off uh, <laughs> Blowout, and it's it's all been great. All my experiences on, with with Blowout have have been great. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. No, I've never used ComC, uh, my slabs or blowout myself. I know Hyung likes to joke if you're if you're sell, good to buy on blowouts, but if you're selling, uh, watch out, man. The yeah. sharks will be circling. Oh yeah. <laughs> Low baller heaven. Yeah. Um, ComC, I think you know just just from hearing the 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 chatter. Uh, I don't hear nothing amazing about ComC, nothing horrible about ComC. I do hear a lot about my slabs though. I think there are some people that believe in it, um, that vouch for it. I, you know, and I've, I mean, I've also seen my slabs uh, advertising on, you know, like uh, 
Neo Cars and Comics and, and certain uh, social media guys. So um, yeah. they're certainly out there in terms of marketing perspective. But I mean, these guys aren't probably doing it for the big money. Like, you know, Neo Cars and Comics, he, he believes in my slaps. He, he's so he understands like, yeah, I'll certainly probably connect with these guys because I think the, the, the platform's really good. So I've heard good things about it. I've never used it myself, but 1% seller fee, all of that stuff. It does mm-hmm. sound pretty, pretty tempting. Yeah, I mean, I have a subscription to Card Ladder, and my slaps listings Starting pop, to up, pop up. A, yeah, a lot more than I expected. Right. right. So definitely, I agree with you guys that my slaps is. It seems like it's increasing as an alternative choice for some collectors. Right. Um, you know, like still with things like my slaps and Comp C, it's all about inventory, right? You're not going to see everything that you're probably looking for. But right. you never know. You could find that one card that you've been looking for and happens to be there. And um, the other thing is, like, I find even now there are good deals to be had, but a lot of the times it's just overpriced too, mm, right? right? So you have mm. all kind of different sellers on those platforms. Sure. Unrealistic ones and then ones that are, yeah, definitely more realistic with their prices. Right. Um, but, uh, Hyung, talking to you about blowout forums i i feel i kind of want to give it a try now it's kind of like you guys are missing out it's a great it's a great community it's it's yeah. it's more of a hobbyist lens like you like if if you're active on the forums that's kind of where i went with like the player there's player forums like ronald acuna jr hmm. you know fernando tatis where there's diehard fans of you know uh, collectors that you know um have unbelievable grails this is where you see all the grails that no one knows about um, right. All the collectors are in there, so you get good intel. You know, um, if you're a reader, you want to do you know some research on on in the card market or looking at it from a collector or investment perspective. There's always good insight. Um, there's a lot of obviously argue arguments <laughs> that go on every day because right. you know pe- people have differences of opinions, and we get that. But uh, overall, it's it's yeah, it's 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 very educational. I would say it's probably the most educational platform uh, for sports cards, other than FiveCardGuys.com. Oh, I throwing, like the shout out. <laughs> just throwing it. out that pitch. Um, you know, it's a great it's a great resource for yeah. for sports cards. If you're brand new to to that, check out Five Cards FiveCardGuys.com. <laughs> I, I didn't pay Hyung to say any of that, so I just wanted to make that clear. <laughs> just naturally came out <laughs> but going back to blow like it's it reminds me of like a, almost like a garage sale you just go meet people 100%, that's talk what, about that's, cards yeah. right and then you can find some treasures while you're doing that so absolutely yeah. true. so that's kind of sounds like fun um talking about you know meeting people in person the one way we like to buy cards as well and we've done all three of us have done it is to go to these local sports card shows and uh, even going to your LCS, local card shops, right? That seem to be growing now that the hobby is growing. You know, I don't want to get too deep into it because we've already talked about our experience with sports card shows that we've been to in the past. Right. But um, do you think, um, yeah, just want to get your thoughts about that. Like, is there any high level tips on finding cards when you go to sports card shows or even your local sports card stores? I think a lot of people, a lot of even sports cards are uh, a lot of sports card stores are selling singles as well. They have eBay shops and stuff. So that's right. Yeah, everybody, 
you know, has a price at the end of the day, especially these resellers, right? So if, if both can make money and you're happy and you're in profit, I think it's a good way to kind of liquidate some cards at your local card store because they're going to, you know, push it on their platform, you know. Uh, some local card stores have, have a bigger follow, following and a very, um, you know, reputable brand. So they leverage their kind of like uh, marketing abilities, you know, and they could probably fetch a little more on a card than what I can personally, let's just say, sure. right? So it's a good option if you have a relationship with, you know, a local card stores uh, where you can liquidate uh, through cards and obviously sports card shows like um, it's a tough one because, you know, uh, as a vendor, it's, it's, it's going to be very tough even to uh, look for cards, Right. You're because you're constantly trying to sell your cards. But that's what I miss as a kind of like a, these card shows is I've been a vendor for the last, mm. you know, two years at, at this. I miss being the buyer. You know, I want to spend the money, you know, uh, because right. I'm looking for those deals. Right. So that's another thing. It's like don't rush to become a vendor uh, at a cards a card show just to sell because. If you're thinking of, you know, picking up stuff, it's better that you just attend as kind of like, you know, uh, even a VIP member. I think it's it's worth it mm. because you just get in early and, you know, get first dibs on it and, yep, and sure. kind of go from there. Yeah, right. You know, in, in the Toronto area, um, you know, because cards have kind of exploded in the last 24 months or so, uh, most of the card shops that still exist, number one, most of them are not as big as some of the big ones that we see out in the United States. Uh, they're generally a bit smaller and they have been able to stay afloat uh, through the trading card scene, right? So most mm -hmm. of these sports card stores kind of diverted to Pokemon and Magic the Gathering right, when yeah. sports cards were not doing well back in 2009 and, you know, 2011, 2012, et cetera, et cetera, until it exploded. So most of these stores are still, still sort of set up that way. I notice when you walk in there, um, they're mostly there to like, it's they're they're selling like hobby boxes and, and retail products, right? More so than singles. So I think if you're, obviously if you're into buying hobby boxes and stuff, great. You, local card store, uh, you get to support them. But in terms of uh, single card deals, slabs, you know, say 10, S SGCs and stuff like that, you don't see that, especially in Toronto, you don't see it as much. And even if you do see it, I, I normally see, find that the prices are pretty high. Uh, a mm -hmm. lot of times they're consigning for somebody else and, you know, they're not really budging on price or they're not looking to make any trades or deals. It's just straight cash. Sure. So I don't right. normally, in terms of singles, I don't normally find deals uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. And plus they're not, you know, any normal day, they're not super motivated to really push product or they're not desperate. But I find that sports cards at shows, you know, those same shops that are set up, it's, right. they all have that sort of like when in Rome mentality. And you can make some deals, man. You, even though you could probably see them the next day at the sports card at their own shop. Um, there's just something about that environment when you're at a sports card show. Excitement, anxiety, nervousness, whatever it is that that's there. Um, people mm -hmm. are willing to make a deal. People are willing to maybe make irrational decisions when when you're when you're doing a trade or when whenever you're doing right. a deal. So I think uh the sports card shows, I mean, if you know, some listeners have never been to any, um, I would highly recommend it. I think those are the places that you can really wheel and deal. Especially, you know, if you're a little bit cash cash strapped 
and mm -hmm. um, you know you haven't been able to sell cards, that's a perfect opportunity to use. Instead of selling and buying, you just go in there and start trading, right? So, for sure, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, all good points. Um, I think it's definitely gotten better since the hobby boom, right? Like growing up, certainly. You know, you go to your LCS; it was a one-way relationship. You know, they're selling. I'm buying and losing my money. <laughs> Couldn't sell anything to those guys, you know? And now, now like we have different ways to buy cards and flip cards. And like you said, John, right now, like sports card shows, the attitude's different. The culture's changing slowly, but surely. And new players are coming into the game with that same kind of flipping, investing mentality. So yeah, I, I still agree with you though, that in Toronto where we live, it's still a smaller scene, but you know, you see on Instagram Burbank sports cards, it looks like they're wheeling and dealing every day. I just yeah. saw like an Instagram post where there are people lined up to come in and uh, the guy who owns it is saying, it's like, just wanted to tell you guys, this is a Tuesday. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> people crazy. are lining up yeah. on a Tuesday to come in um, to buy and sell, you know, and, and they're ready for it. Right. right. So hopefully the hobby can, you know, even grow even that, much bigger here up north for us uh, to take advantage of but yeah it's so it's funny you mentioned that i remember back in the day you guys remember legends of the game in toronto like way back in the day yeah on, uh -huh. on king street that was probably the biggest local card store like in, in the city at back in the day and I, and I remember that fact you made about it's them selling and ripping us off i would go there as a kid <laughs> and it's like it's like running into the show of pawn stars you know you know this right, card is worth right. 20 bucks like how much would you buy it off me like I'll offer you one dollar. It's like what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a buck fifty. I got to make my profit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly like pawn stars. Like, oh my gosh. You know what? There's balance in the world. I lost like a lot of money, all my allowance money, just buying sports cards. Oh yeah. But um, I certainly made a bunch back in the last two, three years. So <laughs> yeah, it evens out. <laughs> there you go. We just had to wait a couple of decades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. So hopefully all this uh chatter and talk about alternatives to ebay you know would um encourage people to just explore and yeah obviously do your own research but uh, there are a bunch of other options that you can look to um, to buy and sell so hopefully that's useful for you guys listening all right with that let's go on to our next segment we're calling overrated underrated so for this segment we've done it before but it's essentially, I'm going to give you, for this episode, four specific cards. And I'll give you some context with each. But you guys tell me if you think that card, based on the information I give you, is overrated currently or underrated. All right? Yes. So the first card I had in mind was the Mike Trout 2009 Bowman Chrome Rookie Autograph uh, base for this example. And I took the BGS 9.5 gem 10 auto card I know this is like a grail card for a lot of baseball card collectors but the reason why I bring this up is we in a previous episode talked about his spinal injury that might be worrisome for the rest of his career you know how long is he going to play but at the same time his prices have been dipping you know um, significantly and the last sold price I believe was 8500 Crazy, for, yeah, for BGS Gemini, and I think it did around thirty thousand in in the peak, right? So, right, so yeah, it's 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 down there, but um, you know, with the injury concern, um, this being still an iconic card for some collectors at this price, and with all that injury stuff, 
Are you saying his card is overrated or underrated? Mm, no, I'm gonna get a lot of a lot of trouble for this one, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna say it, it it's still overrated. Damn. To be honest, I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, here, here's it. my reason. Here's my reasoning. Here's my reasoning. <laughs> okay. So, well, one, obviously, the question of you know Mike Trout's sustainability or longevity in in terms of his career is mm-hmm. obviously in question. I'm not doubting his talent. Like he keeps the way he played in the first ten years, you know, up by by far. He he's in contention with you know, goat talks, mm-hmm. right? So there's there's that factor. Um, I remember when that card was selling, probably at under five k, you okay. know, before before the boom. So if if you kind of look at kind of like the and maybe, maybe I, I don't remember the price, but I remember you could get it definitely for under 10 grand, uh, a BGS 9.5. Like mm-hmm. that wasn't unrealistic. So for me, it's, it's all about correction at the end of the mm-hmm. day of true value, right? That's what we're seeing. That's what we said we're going to see. So I, I still think that if you look at in a two, three year chart, right? And you see this, the 2020, 2021 spike of the hobby of that 30 grand. With any IPO or any hot, you know, item during a bullish market, you're gonna have that initial spike and then that that retraction for correction, right? And then it's it's more of a healthy kind of like a bullish run, right? So for me, I still think it's overrated because I think it should be in that you know five to seven thousand dollar range, um, maybe just because it's it's it is a little older and rare. A lot of more people have it in a collection as opposed to let's just say a tatis uh base right so i think it has a lot more to come down to be honest based on the print run but by no means like for me that card is iconic like that's going to be an iconic card so if you're talking long term then yeah it could be underrated but yeah it, uh, that's okay. my explanation of why i still think it's slightly overrated fair fair you know, you can't receive that much flack for that because I'm about to say the same thing. I can't believe I'm saying this, but, you know, I think even if deep in my heart, I believe that it's underrated, I have to say it's overrated because I can't recommend to anybody, you know, if the mob or if the um, majority public thinks that they're, they're scared, if they're scared of this, you know, there's the confidence is gone then the price is going to come down, right? So I still feel that the market in general for Mike Trout, uh, everybody's kind of nervous. I mean, look at even Hyung. Like Hyung is like the our resident pro in baseball. And even him is like, it's got, it's got ways to come down. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who think the same way. And because of that, it will come down because that's what the majority will start thinking. And when you go back to uh, Hyung, it's a great thing that Hyung mentioned, like the beginning of COVID and the run. When you look at how crazy sports cards have gotten starting from two years ago, um, that's right before Trout was, he was still on his meteoric pace. And we're talking, you know, and I was a part of this conversation. We're talking about a guy that was, people were saying is the best player of all time. And he wasn't even done his career. So somebody who is already best player of, possibly arguably the best player of all time or on that road you could only imagine not only the car sports card market is exploding but then you have this 
entity that is almost as fail and foolproof as there is. So the confidence in purchasing Mike Trout was just through the roof. And it shows in the pricing, right? Mike Trout's Bowman Chrome, Bowman First, well, the, the D, D, DNP is exponentially bigger than anybody else, like including guys that are might be are probably going to become Hall of Famers like Nolan Arenado. It's like Mike Trout is in outer space versus everybody else, right? So I think that just shows how crazy the confidence was that Mike Trout is, well, number one, the real deal. We all knew that. But in terms of investment, it was like, you are not going to lose. This is like going hard to the moon, as safe as it gets. And fast forward two, three years, lots of chinks in the armor. So I think that's this is where this correction is coming from. Um, Hmm. Obviously, there's going to be a price at some point where people are going to be like, that's cheap enough that I'm I'm buying into it. But I'm with Young. I think, yeah, as much as I hate to say this about Mike Trout, I, I think it is overrated. I think there's a lot more to come down. Okay, fair. But I think you guys are wrong. <laughs> this, this is underrated in my opinion. <laughs> I'm looking at the card let's ladder hear, graph. Hear it, and just, it's just a... You know, I might be the biggest sucker, like when it comes to Mike Trout, and uh, you know, like in his last interview, I'm like, yeah, he seems really confident. I, I guess you know, you want to show confidence coming back, and he's been back in the um, playing again for the last five, six games now right. from this um, injury. But um, like, how many at bats, or um, yeah, at bats would you say you get in a regular season, a full season, six hundred? Five, five to six, six hundred. You're playing mostly every game. Yeah, uh, uh, played appearance at bats. Yeah, six hundred. Okay, you're 150 plus games. So let's say six hundred. Okay, because um, I'm looking at Mike Trout's stats, and he's at two ninety seven at bats. So just right. under three hundred. So let's double that, right? Yeah. If you double his stats, and he's missed a lot runs. of time. <laughs> 48 home runs. Right. Uh, 110 runs. Absolutely. 104 RBIs. 365 OBP. I mean, I was going to say that. That's what you don't you you notice that like the only thing that is like low is his batting average. Right. But you look at his OPS, it's it's where his career is is it, there's no retraction in terms of like production numbers, right? So I get it. Like I know <laughs> what your point is. When he plays, he's amazing. He we is, all yes, know this. Man. Like okay, the, the the thing is okay. Look at Albert Pujols' first ten years, mm-hmm. right? And then that thirty-one year old mark, right? right? So that's where where Trout is, I guess, right now or whatever he is. 30, no, he's twenty-nine or thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like with that injury, look at Trout's last ten years, right? And and see the production, like. Albert Pujols in his first 10 years probably was one of the greatest. He was His first 10 was probably better than Trout's first 10, okay. as crazy as that sounds. Yeah. His last 10 was, like, very bad. Right. right. But that, 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 that's also reality sometimes, you know, um, as, a, as a position player, a player that – or a, a, a player that plays every day essentially, right? So hmm. Albert Pujols obviously, you know – and. By the way, he's absolutely raking. He's going to hit 700 home runs, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. He's having a great season. I'm super happy for it. But that also, like, going back to the the whole Trout topic, will Pujols have a better career than Trout when it's all said and done? Mm. Right? Okay, I mean, Pujols just broke a 100-career war. Right? right? Will, will Trout ever get there? 
you know, yeah. and obviously he has a lot, lot more to go. But will his body hold up? Is is all I'm saying, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, and that's that's a big risk for sure. And I'm, yeah. um, you know, you got to definitely take that into account. But I don't know. I, I have to believe in the sports doctors that we have <laughs> these days, and and the the investment that the Angels make. Like, okay, the one thing that really concerns me is the Angels organization. Why they just can't put a winning team together with oh, man, the best player in baseball yeah, with uh, Shohei on the team. Yeah, so yeah, that's the yeah. one thing I'm concerned about. Um, but who knows what will happen in the future with the Angels? <laughs> Maybe miraculously they get better, but. Um, I don't know. I, I still believe, I guess, that uh, you know, if he puts even one or two good seasons, like even next year he plays 140, 145 games, hits 40 homers, that 8,500 I think is going to be cheap. Steal. Absolutely. And I hope I so because for the sake of the hobby, we need Mike Trout. For the sake of the we hobby, do. we need yeah. Mike Trout. Yeah. So I'm, I'm rooting for Mike Trout. But – that, that that wasn't the question. Okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next. All right, next. next. Here we go. So this guy's been in the news. You might have heard him. Kevin Durant <laughs> is uh, apparently staying with the Brooklyn Nets. He he uh, just uh, met with the executives of the Nets organization, and they worked out a truce. And he's staying. But it made me think. You know, it might impact his legacy. All this talk about his off the court things and you know just what he's been doing and i wonder i wonder if that's going to impact hobby value in the short to medium term so i'm looking at this kevin durant's tops sorry i'm looking at his tops chrome refractor card psa 10 which is last sold for 9600 pop count of 193 so with all the things that's going with durant you know I don't know. Is that a guy that you want to invest in? For me, I, I, I you know, my take, you know, I, I, I think Durant is underrated in general. I think he's going to go down as, you know, one of the all-time greats. And, you know, I think uh, he's built his legacy enough. Like, people aren't going to remember all the, the antics back in the day. I'm sure, you know, you look at Mickey Mantle or anybody in the past, I'm sure they had, you know, polarizing characters where you know everybody didn't agree or you know there was something but we don't hear about that we we hear about his legacy and what he's left in terms of the game right sometimes we have to you know snip our emotions aside i should say most of our time because (laughs) we're so driven by emotion we we don't use our logic sometimes but i think that's that's the case in with kevin durant i think short term to medium term like you said yeah maybe you know, there might it might not it, it maybe it's uh, overrated, but I think over the long term period of time, Kevin Durant in general is going to be underrated. So I'm going to say underrated. Okay. Wow. Um, you guys know how I feel about Kevin Durant <laughs> from a basket <laughs> from a basketball standpoint. I this dude should be top ten player all time, hands down. We have never seen somebody this ridiculously special in terms of scoring like he you cannot stop him he can only he's one of those guys just he can only stop himself um (laughs) but that being said it's just a shame that he has kind of morphed himself into this sort of like unlikable villain right starting from 
quitting to go to the, the easy route of going to Golden State, which was one of the best teams in history. And you're like the best player in the league going to the best team in history. Um, obviously, people had some comments about that. And then all of the recent stuff, like him him switching teams, him sort of being like this bit of a prima donna, being sensitive on social media and like going, always going, having these like bickering battles with people back and forth. It, I, for me, it does hurt his legacy for now. And I think in the short to midterm, he has to win, man. I gotta see, we have to see Kevin Durant win with the Nets. And if he does that this year and he wins with the Nets, uh, a lot of that is going to disappear. And I think the talk about his legacy in terms of his NBA legacy is going to start to come back. But I think he does need to win. Um, Because without that, a lot of people are going to remember all of this nonsense, right? Especially somebody like me. I'm going to remember it. And if I want to spend... Too emotional, John. Too emotional. (laughs) If I want to spend, you know, five figures on an investment or a card, I want to at least... I got to like... I mean, this is coming from kind of like a collector standpoint. But I got to like the player, right? Um, So it's tough. Even if I kind of liked them, uh, I would buy it. But I, I... Honestly, this upcoming year, unless there's still time. So I think between now and possibly the Nets winning, if that is the end result, mm-hmm. uh, if we're talking right now, is that card overrated? It's it's crazy that that insane of a card is under five figures, but I am going to say it's overrated because I think there's still a little bit more to come down. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Point taken. Um, I was just looking at the charts. It once sold for $56,000, Oh, man. <laughs> right in 2021 <laughs> that's crazy and then it, yeah, and it nuts. dipped down to 13k and then it went back up to about almost 30k so it's definitely a yeah. roller coaster with this right. card in general the pop the pop pop 191 it can't it can't hold that that high yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. that's why it's 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 too high of a pop count for for it to fetch that those kind of numbers consistently right yeah so. super volatile for that pop count for sure um yeah i would have said overrated until I heard that he's staying with the Nets. I think that was the best choice that he made. Like that's the best place he can play to kind of put aside all this drama. And like you said, John, like if he could win with the Nets, people are going to have short-term memory about what happened this summer with his trade request and everything else. And, you know, Kyrie is apparently staying too. So like on paper, the Nets are a formidable team, right? Mm -hmm. They should, they should easily get into the playoffs and do well, you know, um, barring any injury, um, from the core guys but yeah so I think um, I'm going to say he's underrated because he's staying with the Nets I see the potential of him playing well with the Nets uh, with the team that they have and um, yeah you look at the chart and the last time I was under five figures it was um, summer of 2020 so crazy. so yeah it's been on a definite roller coaster ride since then but uh, I think it'll start to go up again um, if he starts playing well so I'm going to say underrated mm. All right, a couple more. Um, so we did baseball, basketball. We're going to go to hockey. Alexander Ovechkin, SP Authentic, Future Watch Auto. BGS 9.5 Gem Mint. 10, that's been seeing a meteoric rise because he's, I think he's reaching um, the uh, goal record, right? Goal scoring record? Yeah, all-time goal right. scoring. So um, it's currently at 8,300, pop count of 242. So it's numbered to 999, but the BGS 9.5 at... Um, that's that's a pop count of two forty two, but yeah, just over eight thousand dollars for his card. Eight 
thousand. I'm gonna say, man, that's expensive, but people hold Futura watch autos. Like even though they're nine ninety nine, someone of that stature, like you're talking a Vetchkin, you know, that's ten k plus card in my opinion. So, like, I'm gonna say underrated. I think there's gonna be room to grow just in hockey in general. I don't think we fully even like witnessed hockey you know growth uh to the potential that it is and you see uh stuff i don't know what mcdavid's going for right now uh but you know i'm sure if if gretzky had a future watch auto um i mean yeah. it's it's insane right so we're talking somewhat of a same breath with a, a vetchkin you know um so i'm gonna say underrated um and i know i've seen the his psa 10 young guns do what it did this year it was it was nuts and those are the kind of volatility spikes that you kind of say okay this guy's a serious player in the game he has he has a lot of potential in the hobby world right so yeah i think uh yeah i'm gonna say underrated as well all right uh before john you go uh, to answer your question about mcdavid his um i see one sold in june this is a couple months ago his future watch auto uh, BGS 9.5 Gemmin for just over 12k. All right. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, hockey saw a bit of a bright spot last year, especially McDavid and Ovechkin. So certainly you could argue that there was some correction to be had in those specific players. Uh, with that being said, uh, I, you know, Ovechkin, I think you're looking at the greatest goal scorer of all time. He may or may not be break the record, but he could very well be in the conversation to be the best goal scorer of all time. And I think he is amongst those generational type players. And I don't know. I think his he, you know, during this hobby boom, uh, especially in the hockey world or even sports cards in general, when you think of hockey and you're not really a hockey collector. Again, there are certain characters that you collect, Charizards, and you know, there's just if you don't know anything about hockey, you go after McDavid, and then you know, Ovechkin was almost right on on pace with McDavid in terms of name value, right? So I think because he's had so much exposure over the last 24 months, and there are so many eyes on somebody like McDavid and Ovechkin, uh, not just in the hockey world, we're talking all sports cards. Um, I think any kind of news or any, you know, if he ends up breaking the goal scoring record, um, I think Ovechkin is going to be still on, on the eyes of many people. So he's, he's certainly a buy. I think, I think it's underrated. Okay. I would say underrated too, because I was just kind of double checking these numbers. The BGS 9.5 that sold had, let me double check. It didn't look like it had subs. So that's going to play a factor, mm -hmm. right? Oh, okay. Um, right, right, right. So definitely underrated, but because <laughs> uh, uh, I saw BGS nine sell for seventy three hundred, so there's no way um, a nine point five with subs right. would would um, sell for that much. So uh, while I look this up, what do you think would be a right a dollar amount that might be fair? That, that I guess kinda, yeah. I'd say that ten k, that ten to twelve k. Yeah, yeah. For BGS nine five, right? Like. I don't. I don't think you see too many um, true gem mm. 
True Gem 10 autos, especially. I don't I don't remember the autos, but I know Crosby's autos are terrible on 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 those. Like they just age age bad. That's right. Right. right? So some, like the future, yeah, yeah future watch autos. Ones. Yeah. So. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I I think ten to I'd say ten to twelve is a fair price for a card of that magnitude. A lot of guys are holding those cards. That's you true. don't see a lot of those go for sale, and the moment they do, somebody's trying to snag it up. Somebody's trying to make a deal selling their kidney or whatever they have to <laughs> to to get it. It's like, hold up, yeah. let me get that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't see a lot of BGS nine point five tens for like that have sold in the in recent months mm-hmm. the biggest one is the psa 10 10 um for just under twenty five thousand. wow so wow. yeah anyway that's yeah. uh yeah and and if you if he's if that's the psa number what's what's usually bgs what's the ratio right now 50 percent 50 know, right <laughs> so so you're about so it'd right. be about 12 yeah 12 at 12 okay 12 5 we'll say yeah all right Listen, if you're in in the market to get a big boy Ovechkin, don't be scared to go after like a BGS nine or a BGS eight five. People think that that's a, it's paper True. and it's really ugly, but that, even authentic auto. <laughs> yeah, I mean that you know? that year the um, the future watch in the Sidney Crosby Ovechkin year has the white border. Mm-hmm. It presents well, even if it has kind of like a dingy corner or like rough edges. You can't honestly, you can't tell. So even as a, as a collector, that particular year. Is a great year to collect because even if it is a BGS 8.5, it presents really well. Um, and there's value to be had there, man. And and again, number to 999, we don't even know how many of those raw that pulled out of packs ex- exist. It could be, a, I'm assuming it's a lot less than 999. Right. Um, so, you know, any grade, I think even if you found an authentic one, um, you could probably do. Isn't Jeff, wasn't it Jeff Wilson that bought like at the Canadian show? I think he bought an authentic one, and then he ended up yeah. grading it, and it got like a BGS nine five or a PSA ten. Oh or something. yeah, yeah. I think or I saw something that crazy. I, yeah, yeah. I, I know that he he crossed it over. Pretty, that was pretty sweet. Yeah. No, all good points. Yeah, I'm glad we made the correction on air. Uh, but yeah, like I think the last one of BGS that sold was a nine ten mint condition nine and that was just over seven thousand so mm-hmm. yeah even yeah. that i think uh, um if we're going by that comp i think it's underrated all right um lastly for football if you look at football fantasy rankings for this year take your take a guess who number who your number one quarterback is trey lance <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> josh allen everything's everything's trey lance yeah uh, if from a hobby perspective, definitely Trey Lance. Like everyone's pumping Trey Lance, That's right? Crazy. But um, but uh, Johnny, you're right. Josh Allen's the number one QB wow, um, in terms that. of fantasy ranking. Um, so it's Panini Prism Silver PSA 10 pop count of 26. Um, it's last sold for 10.5k. Wow. I don't know why the how's, pop count's that low. How's that pop pop 26? Wait, what? Prism? How many? How many were graded? Did you say Prism Silver? Yes. Damn! What? Now you're making me think. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Regardless, I'm gonna say I don't, I don't want that card. <laughs> <laughs> not at 10k. It's not Josh Allen. Yeah. If I'm, if like, I, I, I know it's based on the pop count. Then it has to be. Yeah. Because that's what's driving the price. 2018 Prism 10. Silver PSA 10 number 205. Jeez. What? 
PSA 9 is a pop count of 72, and that last sold price was 3000 What? Wow, that's crazy. Holy yeah, cow. I'm, I'm going to say overrated. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, like it's, Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, like he has to do some stuff for it to justify those prices, right? So I guess uh, it's the hype. Like, like I said, people are anticipating. All this is all anticipation. Its true value is definitely not 10K. Like, think Mahomes Silvers aren't selling for, you know, 10K now, right? And you're talking about Josh Allen, right? So, it, but the pop count is much higher. For sure. I'd rather have an XRC, you know, Mahomes. And, you know, I will, I will guarantee you that, that Mahomes XRC is going to outsell the Josh Allen in, in its lifetime. No matter, because I, so maybe, maybe they're not great. I don't know. That sounds a little low, mm-hmm. but it, it, it makes sense if, if, the price is selling for 10k plus right so um yeah i'm gonna say overrated okay and uh yeah the pop count for mahomes silver prison 2017 the year before josh allen is uh 898 and that wow. last sold for 3715 psa 10 right right so third yeah i'd rather have that okay <laughs> <laughs> um you know as much as I like to make fun of myself for not knowing football, I actually was hardcore into football back in high school and college days. So, you know, I'd like to think that I know a thing or two about looking at talent because I did watch football pretty heavily for about 10 straight years. But, you know, when I watched jo- when I watched Josh Allen, especially this past year, um, especially in the playoffs, yeah, he looked. There is a reason why everybody is confident in purchasing Josh Allen because he looked every bit the part, like the elite quarterback that you're hoping he is. Right, everyone's hoping there's a next Aaron Rodgers or next Peyton Manning, and of course, the next Tom Brady. He looks every bit elite when you watch this guy play. So that's the reason why there's this much confidence. With that being said, though. Obviously, his prices are following that confidence, and it's it's pretty it's ballooned pretty high right now. Yeah. And unless he wins the Super Bowl this year, I it's hard to think that those prices would sustain, right? And it's not no knock on Josh Allen's talent; it's just it went to the moon, and I think everybody's expecting him to win and win multiple, kind of like what people were thinking of Patrick Mahomes. So. You know, if you really want to think about what are the odds of Josh Allen winning the Super Bowl and you think it's $10,000 worth, <laughs> it's almost better to just go $10,000 on the Buffalo wins to the, the Buffalo <laughs> right. Bills to win the Super Bowl because that's the kind right. of confidence you're putting into that money, right? So uh, I think it's probably the odds are it's a losing prop- proposition. So I will say um, it's overrated. You know what's crazy about football right now? Is you know mm-hmm. when when we're watching football, I don't know if you guys watched it heavily back in the day, but every generation of football, there is select number of like elite elite players that go on to the Hall of Fame. Right, we're talking again, Peyton Manning, Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Look at the spread; that's like a twenty-year spread of elite elite quarterbacks. But the way the hobby is right now, the way you know everybody's talking quarterbacks. I swear there's like 20 Tom Brady's 
It's like there's Tom Brady, <laughs> then there's Jalen Hurts, then there's it's Trey Lance, hype. then there's you know Kyler Murray, then there's, you know like Lamar Jackson. It's like every team seemingly has the next Tom Brady, which is come on, let's be real. Fast forward five year, five years from now, one maybe two of these guys is gonna move <laughs> right. ahead to be the right. next great thing, right? So, man, be careful out there, man. Like for for people who are chasing quarterbacks heavily, like be careful because. Ain't yeah. no way there are going to be 18 Peyton Mannings in the next five years. It's just that doesn't happen. Great. Good point. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you with you guys. Like the pop count, I don't understand that. If anyone could explain that to us, like why the 28 Prism Silver is only 26. I don't know if they graded particularly hard or if the condition of that card or if the, the, you know, there just wasn't a lot of Silver Prisms. I don't know. But um Despite that, I think it's um, the price is already baked in, like you said. And out of like out of curiosity, when you said like, "Oh, you might as well bet on the Bills winning the Super Bowl," um, the team that is favored to win preseason Vegas odds. Do you know which team that is? The Bills. The Buffalo Bills. No way. <laughs> so what, what? How much? How much would you win if you put ten k on that? I don't, it says it's <laughs> right plus six fifty. So I don't know. So, I, what the yeah, math is on that. I guess it's... Yeah, o- o- opening odds plus 700. And then, yeah, so um, it would be a good payout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the Buccaneers and then the Chiefs to round out the top three. So, wow, the Chiefs are still up there, eh? Good stuff. Can't, you know, can't doubt Mahomes' yeah. talent. Even though he has, yeah, a weaker wide receiver core, arguably. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's uh, Josh Allen. I... I when I saw the playoff game between him and the the Bills and the Chiefs, that's probably oh, the best man. playoff game. What a game! Yeah, Holy in that God. that was yeah. an amazing game. That was, that was awesome. Yeah, definitely changed my mind on Josh Allen after that. Okay, <laughs> that was a fun edition of Overrated Underrated. We'll do it again in a future episode. All right, let's wrap up the show with our regular weekly segment we call Pick One. And for our first time listeners, this is when each of us will choose two players or two cards. And then we'll uh, debate which one we would rather invest in. All right. So, Hyung, do you want to start things off? Sure. We're going to go back to the whole, um, you know, Trout, Albert Pujols deal. Mm-hmm. Um, 2001, Topps Chrome traded the T247. So, Albert Pujols' rookie card in a PSA 10. Yeah. There's pop 391. Okay. Last sold. And it's it's going up because last two sold for 2,500 and then 3,000. So three thousand was the most. Um, I, I, I guess it was like twenty eight, twenty nine, and change. But uh, it, it, you see, kind of like a increase in in Albert Pujols' card right now because he's at six hundred ninety three home runs. Right. Yeah, he's gonna hit seven hundred this year, which is insane. Uh, because at the pace he was at, he was he might have not hit seven hundred, right? So now there's all this talk about him hitting seven hundred. And stuff like that. So it's a big milestone for Albert Pujols. Mm-hmm. Career wore over a hundred now. So would you have that car, the 2001 Topps Chrome traded T247, at three thousand bucks versus Trout 2011 Bowman Chrome? So this is not his 2009 that we talked about earlier. Yeah. This is more of a base card because I'm going base card to base card. So 2011 Bowman Chrome number 175, which is Mike Trout's red jersey. Right. It's the taller where he's standing up. It's from Bowman Chrome. And that has a pop of 481, the PSA 10. Right. And that's on a down 
downwards trend at 1825 last sold. These were going for 2500 plus before the news uh, broke. So it's it's down to 1800 now. So are you going to go with Pujols, Topps Chrome, or the Bowman Chrome of Mike Trout base? Do you guys know, do you guys know how much the Pujols has come up so far this season, pricing-wise? Like, yeah, I, I remember like it was... Yeah, it was it was probably around thirty percent. I'd say like, under two thousand, like nineteen hundred, twenty one hundred. Like yeah, kind of like around. And then there. it started. I think it just hovered around two k for the longest time. I think. Right. Hmm. You know, for me, um, I'm picking pools. Uh, number one, because of the, all the reasons that we talked about Mike Trout uh, earlier, but Pujols is changing right now. His legacy is like getting a shot in the arm, right? If you guys, I mean, as we followed Pujols, like Young said, dominant early first half of his career. And in the back half, he was certainly look, looking kind of like the washed up legend, right? He's going to kind of like disappear into the atmosphere and he'll go down as a legend um, but he was kind of like in the game for a little bit too long, right? It's kind of like seeing when Wayne Gretzky played till he was 39 or whatever, right? He's like clearly way too slow, mm-hmm. clearly not strong enough. Um, and it's almost like people are just kind of like taking him because of who he is, like his name value, right? He's not actually deserving to be on a roster, but he's, he's getting the spot because he's Albert Pools. So I feel like that was kind of the narrative, which was certainly stunting his pricing in terms of the hobby. But right now with him chasing 700, number one is his, his hobby love is getting a shot in the arm. Number two, I think his legacy and who he is and legend status and all of that is kind of coming back. I think that's coming to the forefront of people's conversations about who Albert, who he is and what he means to the game. So I think this is only gravy for Pujols as he, as he retires, as he starts to go, into the you know like once he gets elected into hall of fame so his card even if you were to snag it at 2500 or whatever i think um it is more money money than the mike trout but i think it's a safer play and i think there is more upside to the to his card so i'm picking pools mm-hmm. for those reasons yeah i'm um I know I said the Mike Trout Bowman 2009 Bowman Chrome was underrated, but uh, I feel like there's a lot of options. Well, not a lot, but comparatively more options for Mike Trout rookie cards just because he's come out later and the hobby was different when when his rookie cards came out versus mm-hmm. Albert Pujols. So I think, you know, I think Topps Chrome traded as a classic Pujols rookie card and at a PSA 10 for a pop count of under 400. I think that, yeah, like all... A lot of cards have come down in price, but I think it's sustaining itself now. And um, for reasons that John just mentioned about his legacy, you know, him being at the twilight of his career and, you know, like him going out with a bang, hopefully. So I'm going to go with Pujols as well. Um, and you look at Mike Trout, like, um, I don't know, maybe it's a personal bias too. I'm not a huge fan of the 2011 Bowman Chrome, the standing tall batting. Um you know, I, I just have other preferences for Mike Trout rookie cards. And, and there's a lot of other ones to choose from. So I think this might be one that gets lost in the shuffle. And therefore, I could also see prices drop even further 
whereas people prefer other Mike Trout rookie cards. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Pujols in this case. Nice. Yeah, the actually I like I like the 2011 Bowman Chrome Trout because um, it's his first kind of flagship uh, rookie card in Chrome, hmm. right? Because he doesn't have a Topps Chrome. His first Chrome is in 2012. True. And that's a that's an awesome card too. If 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 you're a Trout collector, mm, yeah. that's going to be big on your list too. But like that Bowman Chrome is kind of like his his only Chrome rookie uh, from from that because you have your his 2011 update. That was kind of like the paper version, and then uh, Bowman Chrome um, snuck in there, and then he has his Bowman Chrome draft as well, which is um, uh, the cheaper the cheaper version of that. But I agree with you guys where you know um, Albert Pujols is is building his legacy, even though his last ten years he was absent. He's built his legacy in St. Louis his first ten years, and then. It was the Anaheim curse. I'm telling you, something with Anaheim, man. It's just like, it just literally, like I, maybe if Otani leaves, like he or Trout leaves, he might uh, he might hit 400. Yeah, if they you know? if they both leave, like, I'm doubling down on them and <laughs> buying all their cards. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, no, just uh, I think Pujols is you know, he's he's leaving a legacy. Like 700 home runs is like a very very exclusive club. Yeah, he. He may be sixty years old, Pujols. You yeah. might want to check that passport. He might. Yeah, I don't know if we're allowed to, but I know like, that, was, that that was the ongoing joke little, too. Little like, tongue in cheek. Check his check check his passport. Um, but anyways, um, I'm gonna say Pujols. I'm gonna say Pujols just because uh, I think long term it's just a better investment. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. The Pujols sweep. All right, Johnny. All right, fellas. So I have been obsessed with um, the the iconic upper deck, exquisite rookie auto patches. You know the 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 white border yeah. classic right. look. Um, and all, obviously, there's all sorts of you know Goodwin upper deck Goodwin has been sort of mimicking it um, throughout the years. So I'm going to put two to the test. Uh, two that I, I I like to watch. I, I don't intend to purchase them or I nor can I afford them <laughs> but I want to see your guys's opinion so we're gonna go with the 2018 um, upper deck employee exclusive which is the exquisite I mean it is the rookie exquisite rookie auto patch but, but for some reason that that year they called it the exquisite auto material but it's the Serena Williams patch auto in that iconic uh, card and then we're gonna go with the Luka Doncic rookie Pat, uh, ex- exquisite rookie patch auto uh, with him in the white jersey because obviously they didn't have the licensing. So the the, the Luca is BGS 8.5. It just sold recently for 8200 And the Serena Williams is a PSA 9 that sold for 7800 But, you know, this isn't really about the grade. It's about, of these two exquisites, which do you think is the better investment? I can go first. Um, I like Serena as a play in general. I think she's underrated, and I think what she's done for the game of tennis is underrated. And I think um, there's room for certain card prices to go up. But I don't know if the exquisite auto material is the one, like at the high end level. And, you know, I saw this one on auction actually that just ended recently. Um, it's not a white cloth 
but it's a baby blue cloth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, napkin. Napkin. That's right. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about. Um, it's interesting. She signed to Serena. I don't know if that was on purpose. It was just her first name. I think that's so, how she signs. Oh, is it okay? So mm-hmm. all right. Um, but I think uh, I don't know. Like I, because she's retiring, right? Like pretty soon. I think she indicated that mm-hmm. she would. You know, like women's tennis. Um, it doesn't. You know, once once female tennis players retire, it's hard for them to just be in the news. They just kind of disappear a little bit. Even for someone like Serena, I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but lately, um, a couple of days ago, I was wondering what was what happened to Martina Hingis. Do you remember uh, Martina yeah. Hingis? Right? Oh yeah. Like oh, yeah. just kind of disappeared. Like she was number one, like right. growing up, like dominant, like you know, for years and years, and. And then just kind of, yeah, like just forgotten, you know, and in the last, you know, several years or so. So whereas Luca, you know, he's still obviously entering his prime and, you know, I could see basketball, the sport itself still continuing to grow internationally. He's an international player. You know, all these things are going for Luca's favor. So I'm, I'm easily going to choose Luca in this case. Yeah, I think I'm 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 on the same page there. I don't think I would I would want, you know, that Serena card to be honest. Uh, I think that Luca card could could be massive though, just because of the brand, the history behind uh, Exquisite, and it's Luca, right? Like uh, at the end of the day, you know, we all believe in his talent, right? It's just a matter of, you know, hopefully the gamble is will he win any championships or MVPs, right? And that's going to dictate kind of like his legacy, whereas Serena Williams kind of changed the game of tennis. But like like you said, no one knows what, you know, a, a Federer or a Nadal card sold for, even interest remotely interested, right? So it's like, it's it's in, kind of like in that same mix. You know, I'm not in that game. So like for me, I wouldn't even probably go that route with, uh, with the tennis. So I'm going to say Luca just based off that. Wow, interesting. Uh, I I'm I disagree with you guys. I am all about that Serena card. So I mean, this really it boils down to how confident you are that women's sports in the hobby will continue to increase and grow. I'm pretty confident it will. And Serena Williams is the greatest female athlete of all time probably by a wide margin across all sports like she is you know she's kind of like on that tiger woods sort of stratosphere so you you can't disrespect her by putting her on the same map as martina hingis martina hingis is a legend in tennis but serena <laughs> williams is she's on a different planet man and i think you know as much as Luca is awesome um when you're collecting you know eventually it's going to come back where everybody is going to start targeting goats again across men and women people are going to go back on tiger they're going to go back on kobe's and the jordans and serena's going to be i think serena's going to be a part of that chase and when you look at serena's cards versus luca cards serena's got nothing there is nothing out there and people to be honest like myself um you don't really know what net pro is nor do you think it's looks that great right it's kind of like this uh boutique boutique brand paper product um and even like the net pro um rookie auto patch i think it's sold for like a hundred grand right 
it, it broke mm. uh, broke records. Right. So there is, I think there is some de- like pretty strong insatiable demand for Serena at the high end level. And other than the Net Pro rookie auto patch, which I don't, I think it's a completely ugly card. There's really nothing out there that looks nice in terms of Serena Williams. And I think this exquisite, uh, this exquisite card for Serena, I think it, other than the fact that it's a blue napkin and most of them are blue napkins because she was probably wearing like a all powder blue Nike shirt that has no patches on it. Um, Other than the patch itself, which, which I'm, you know, if this was like a Nike patch, I bet you this would probably be like a $25,000 card. Um, but with that being said, I still think it has immense potential. But I mean, again, two mm. versus one, that's my opinion. Um, yeah, Serena for me, for sure. Okay. We'll revisit this in five years and see who's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I like your conviction. I like it. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll end off this uh, extra long episode with my 1v1. It's um, going to be football. Uh I chose on one side Kyler Murray, his Panini Prism Silver, just to be more, just to be consistent. And his uh, Panini Prism Silver, PSA 10, last sold for $800 around, versus we talked about him, Trey Lance, his Silver oh Prism, my. PSA 10, sold Crazy. for 1300 So are you going for the, you know, the overhyped right now, the, you know, endless potential? Or, you know, Kyler Murray, who's established himself and, you know, he could he could take the next step. Honestly, uh, Kyler Murray is going to be my answer, but I will say his prices have been sitting sideways mm. since since the start. Like, right, true. Like, he, I don't know what he has to do. Like, he, he would really have to, like, you know, go deep into the playoffs for, I think, his prices to move. But I think Trey Lance's prices are insane. <laughs> like, everybody's looking for Trey Lance and – yeah. You know, we'll see. And there's a, like, like, like we all talked about, like, there's a lot of hype with these young prospects. So it's like, is it sustainable? Probably not. Because if, if Mah- someone like Mahomes can't sustain kind of like that hype, right? And like, what are you going to expect from a younger quarterback that really hasn't, you know, um, accomplished anything yet? Right. Right. So it's like, what about the, 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 the other quarterbacks, like the, even the Joe Burrows and the, the Justin Herberts, we're saying the same thing about these guys. And these guys are studs, the Josh Allens, you know, of the world. And Trey Lance is, you know, like, I, I'd say a a step be, uh, below that. Like, we'll see, we'll kind of see, but like for him, his prism, like, I 1300 bucks I'm like John Morant already like right you know over Trey Lance like in a heartbeat right but not to cross bas- over to basketball but yeah I I think uh the whole quarterback hype early on is 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 not a good good sign to to kind of go in I think you're gonna mm-hmm. you're you're gambling at that point right so sure I don't understand where was his Trey Lance hat hype and obviously I haven't been paying attention but the moment Jimmy Garoppolo crapped the bed, like for me, I was like, you, every, whoever is onto this should be on Trey Lance like immediately. Like mm-hmm. he's not going to be back clearly. Um, and it's it's going to be Trey Lance's team. Like why wasn't this hype around like four months ago? Um, which kind of pu- makes puzzles, you know, I'm scratching my head. But in terms of your 1v1, uh, I'm with you guys, man. Like, uh, sorry, Clark, you haven't answered yet, but 
I feel like I know what's going to happen. Um, Trey Lance, unless he comes out literally blazing like the next Joe Montana, it's going to be really hard for his car prices to to stay. And I mean, okay, I get it. If he does come out blazing, there's going to be a lot more people on it and confident that, oh, he looks like the next big thing. So certainly you could you could see the volatility. Um, but I think between the two right now, um, you know, Kyler, Kyler Murray, you can also say, I, I don't see even as an investment, I don't know if it's going to go up or down. You know, I, I'm sure that's the sentiment. So for me, it's, it's sort of a matter of between the two choices, what are the odds of you losing money? Right. And I think <laughs> Kyler Murray... You know, it's going to kind of stay similar price. I don't, you know, there's probably odds that you're not going to necessarily lose money, but I think there's probably pretty good chance on the other, on the other side with Trey Lance that you're going to lose money. So I'm picking Kyler Murray. Okay. To be, to play devil's advocate, you know, if you're going to choose one to like, uh, choose which card's going to actually make money, it's probably Trey Lance, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, true. you know. Kyler Murray is going to stay sideways. I agree with you, unless or lose money, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? That that's pure gamble. Like you're, yeah, yeah, you're you're playing defense at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I'm I'm not going to belabor the point. It's going to be a Kyler Murray sweep. Um, I just want to make the point that like the young stud quarterback hype is real. It's oh, you know so real, and especially like you're saying, Johnny, like. Who was who like why weren't people on this earlier well you know people just get more excited as we get closer to football season i think that's sure. probably the reason why you know and and you know we're from canada so um people in the states are definitely more die hard about football and and listening to other podcasts where 90 percent of their talk are football cards you know like yeah right. like they're really serious about it so um i see how it's inflated right now but um yeah I, all i can say is if I pulled the Trey Lance card, I'd be so happy because I'd be trying to sell that right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. I would not be holding at all. All right. <laughs> okay. Thanks again for all our listeners and subscribers. Uh, we really appreciate you guys tuning in week after week. And yeah, if you have any show ideas, we'd love to hear from you. You could always reach us at Instagram. Our handle is at cards to the moon, all one word. And uh, yeah, until then, we'll see you again soon. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Cards to the Moon. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at 5 Card Guys, or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards, or John at Trade You at Recess. You can also check us out at 5CardGuys.com. Thanks again, and hope to connect soon.